Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, we are discussing an open access research paper entitled Evidence for Right-Sided Horses Being More Optimistic Than Left-Sided Horses. The authors are Isabel Mayer, or Mar, Kate Farmer, and Constance Kreger. It's a 2018 paper, and it's published by Animals. Now, that this paper is part of a special issue entitled Performance Horse Welfare from Good Training to Appropriate Behavior. So uh, you can access that. I'll put a link to it on the homepage. But this study aimed to investigate whether a preference for the left or right forelimb in different tasks using motor laterality um, or if left or right sensory organs um, using sensory laterality Uh, can predict a positive or negative cognitive bias. And the big question is, can this be used to predict a poor welfare state or not? So um, it was pretty neat because the result of this study is that uh, demonstrated that horses using a dominant right forelimb when stepping off Um, had a more optimistic mental attitude than horses that chose to use the left foot in stepping off. So they lined them up um, with the feet square, and then they asked the horse to move forward. And the ones that used the right hoof Uh, first or the right forelimb first, they were more optimistic. So quite an interesting study. And we all know in working with horses that there always is a dominant side. And in training, we strive to be able to strengthen the weak side or the offside that the horse usually doesn't want to pick up a lead or they just don't have the bend on that side. It's funny, though, to me, like, is, I mean, it's probably more of a pun, but it really adds another layer to that expression, getting off on the right foot. Yeah. And I just thought it was so interesting that it's I the, right, of that. the right-footed <laughs> horses were more positive, or they approached that way, which is just the way the brain works, you know, it's, They did this study in the winter and spring of 2017 and 2018, and they used 17 horses. Um, It was over three facilities, I think, but they were all in Germany. And there were 10 geldings and seven mares. And then some were ponies and some were thoroughbreds as well. Um, But I think most were warm bloods. But it was just really interesting that Basically, how the horses determined if something was positive or negative is they were put through a test where they approached a box and the box had a carrot in it so they could smell the carrot. 
And in the positive test, they were able to use their nose to open the box and eat the carrot. And in the negative test, the box was locked. So they couldn't get the carrot out. And then the ambiguous test was where um, the box was placed in a position that was different to both positive and negative. So the horse couldn't gauge whether this box would be positive or negative. Um, and the box was locked and the horse would approach it. And the horses that took off from standing with their right foot first kind of persevered with the box more, fully approached it and just took longer to try and open the box. So that kind of simulated to the researchers, that's a positive mentality if they're, persevering and trying to get the box open they think they will be able to get it open even though they didn't spend that long trying to get it open in the negative situation and then horses who took off with their left foot first were less likely to open that middle box or to try and open the middle box and I think some didn't even fully approach it and what I thought was interesting as well is Maybe those horses that took off on the left foot, maybe they're quicker learners, though. You know, if they have approached, they've had equal turns approaching a positive and a negative box. But then I suppose that still ties in with the pessimism where they're like, there's a likelihood the box won't open, so I'm not even going to try. Maybe it's not a quicker learner thing. But it's just so, so interesting when you get into the minds of what, horses can actually perceive and how that will affect welfare as Nancy said because that's such an easy thing to read see like your horse is standing still do they take off on the left or on the right and how does the session go from there and then you can just kind of document that we've talked so many times about keeping journals and reflections but that would just be a simple cue for owners and instructors to pick up to determine whether a horse is in a positive or negative mentality. And then we know as well, do we push them? So some horses are just going to have bad days and trying to accomplish something new in a session when a horse is having a bad day is really a mute point. So I thought this was just such a straightforward little tool to add to our kit of reading horses. That's interesting, Kate, that you make that remark that maybe the left-footed horses um, just were more uh, sensitive or more intelligent because um, remember when we did the stereotypical behavior uh, episode, it talked about that the horses that display stereotypical behaviors are a lot of times highly cognitive and intelligent. And that's why, you know, they possibly would have more of an aptitude to use the left side. And I went out to check this because the paper did say stereotypical behaviors are sometimes associated with a negative cognitive bias. So I thought, okay, I've got a weaver out in the barn. So I went out there and I lined him up square and I asked him to move forward and he did the left foot first. So I thought, okay, maybe that's just a fluke. So then the next day took him out, 
the same thing. And I noticed when he walks off, even being turned out in the pasture, it's always the left foot forward. So, you know, they tried looking at sensory laterality with this and it didn't um, it wasn't consistent enough. They tended to use both nostrils, both eyes, both ears. So there was too much flexibility going on. And what they did was they uh, put a novel object to the right or left, and the horse had to actually turn like the 90 degrees with their head to investigate it. And it was just not consistent. So they threw that out. But um, they also went with the relaxed stance, like being out in the pasture with one foot back, other foot forward to graze. And that even was inconclusive because so many times um, you look at, uh, you know, horses tend to have, even in a minute way, a high, low hoof in the front so and that's usually the higher hoof is usually the one that they always place back to graze now uh, you can feel it too if you think your horse has a discrepancy in the front um, and you can't quite see it but you know there's a more dominant side that coronary band will be a little wider on the dominant foot and they've noticed that by 21 days, most foals have a dominant foot. And it's because that's the foot that they put the most weight on and it develops better. And that pretty much sticks with them for life until uh, the balance issue is addressed. And there was a paper that was so interesting about dressage horses. They took seven of them. They were all high-low syndrome, and they really worked on their balance and strengthening the weaker side, and they saw changes in the confirmation of that weaker-sided hoof. It didn't look so clubby. It started to take on more weight, and they started to begin to look more symmetrical. You know, you might never get perfect symmetry in both front feet and it's highly unlikely that there is any horse that is perfectly symmetrical naturally so uh, and you don't want to ever make it happen you want it to be because the horse that's where the hoof is taking you so but anyway I thought it was so interesting that um, you know it's weird that the stereotypical behavior the one I have resulted in the left-sidedness. Um, my other horses, most from the track, did going to the left all the time make them more dominant by, you know, always being on that left lead at the beginning of a race or do the right-sided dominant thoroughbreds end up being the better runners because when you do the final turn, you want that horse to switch leads from the left to the right to have a good burst of speed on the way to the wire. So it's kind of a very interesting topic and I don't have all the answers, but this is a really neat study to read and you can even do it for yourself 
um, at your farm or barn and see which dominant side your horse has. That's actually a really interesting point. And it, it makes me think, because obviously we have, you know, we can be right-handed or left-handed or some people are both ambidextrous, but, um, Definitely. It's this when you mentioned balance, it's so true because again, that's paralleled in people where you're going to have a preferred leg for balance. And I wonder if there's bone changes. There must be in people too, because we must, and even, you know, when you stand and you rest a leg, but I didn't think about that in horses that they would have changes to their hoof because of the actual pressure. Like, and they, when you even, there must be similar um, changes in the back hooves because you know when you stand them square with the front legs they always rest one back leg slightly off square yeah and it's usually the complementary hind hoof so if they're um, dominant right front they're going to be dominant left back interesting you know but you see that when you're trimming feet because you can feel it if you can't detect it just looking at it most of the time you can see the larger hoof and but if you can't you know you can feel it for sure in that coronary band or just uh, working your hands around the hoof you feel the larger hoof really easily and um uh, there was an old timer that told me that it it starts before 21 days of age and then the brain hemisphere determines um that the horse uses a certain hoof more and that hoof actually becomes better developed so that's the whole thing behind it and he was so adamant that I, when I gallop horses farming, that I go um, to the right along the back wall of the track, which that's where you can trot. You can't gallop going the wrong way and you have to stay to the outside. But he wanted me to make sure that horse knew how to go to, you know, the right as well as the left. And uh, sometimes it was a little hairy because you've got horses galloping, coming the other way, and you have to make sure you, you're up against that back wall and it does loosen them up. And then you can turn them and start your regular gallop. Or you can do one whole perimeter mm-hmm. to the right and then turn at the gap and head on out and do a mile going the other way. And he was really adamant that you have to work both sides of the horse. It's interesting when you mentioned brain hemisphere there, that just reminds me of the part in the paper that explains the right brain hemisphere versus the left. Mm -hmm. So in horses, the right brain mainly controls withdrawal behavior and responses to stress novelty, social interactions, and predators. And then the left hemisphere is generally responsible for categorization of stimuli, routine situations, and approach behavior. So it's almost like the left is like the judgment brain, like determining and categorizing that stimuli, categorizing those routine situations. So maybe that does again tie in with that idea that maybe the left are more perceptive. Well, and they're saying, you know, well, 50% of the time, 
the box doesn't open. So I'm going to be cautious in approaching this. Whereas the right leg horses are like, well, 50% of the time it does open. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try extra hard and just see. Yeah. Whereas well, the legs probably get close. I wonder too if they can spot the lock on the box and the right don't. Well, that's something that, um, you know, I think they said it was a stick that was placed underneath the box that interfered with the, the magnetic latch. Yeah, but that's a good point, you know, and then I wanted to point out that the left brain hemisphere controls the right side of the horse and then the right brain hemisphere controls the left side of the horse. So that right brain, if you've got the right side being positive, Kate's right, that sorting sim stimuli where they're able to say or to think to themselves, I'm going to take a chance that this is going to open, you know, and work and work and work at it. But um, the routine situations, that would make so much sense in the... Um, you know, getting into a pattern. And remember, Kate Fenner always said horses learn on patterns and some more so than others. And so maybe the more positive horses um, were more responsive to those patterns as well. Even like there's a part of my brain that's trying to pick out how their brains are working this way. But there, even it's like, do you think... There's so many elements to this. I would love, I'm fascinated by this study. That's why I keep kind of thinking further, like horses, their olfactory senses are so incredibly strong. Like we did that episode where they can smell fear in human sweat, yeah. which is incredible. Maybe they could smell the stick under the box. Yeah. Or they just knew something was different. And, yeah. Because yeah. it, it really does tie in. Like if, Left leg horses have more um, propensity to be stereotypical in their behaviors. And stereotypical horses tend to be almost like high achiever horses mm -hmm. that don't have necessarily an outlet. And then they learn to do these stereotypies where it doesn't matter how much of an outlet you give them after that. Sometimes they'll always do it. But and it, it maybe all does tie together. They're just more perceptive. Yeah, and I think they have a much higher predator response because um, the my my weaver, you know, he just likes to be the first one out in the pasture. Now he doesn't go anywhere. He waits at the gate for the next horse. But if I put a horse in front of him, boy, he comes charging out of that stall, and it's almost not worth the fight. I just put him out yeah. first. Now, if I wanted to overcome that and felt like, oh, I'm having farm sitters, they might not get the order right. About a month before, I'll start messing with that brain of his and put start putting horses out erratically. And let me tell you, his weaving increases because I'm not following the routine yeah They're so routine oriented that any little change tends to send them and that's that response to stress 
you know, they have, and so they try to calm themselves down by doing that repetitive behavior. You yeah. Know? But anyway, it's funny though, because maybe being more perceptive and therefore more sensitive mm-hmm. means you're almost subjected to more stimuli for your brain to try and sort out. Mm-hmm. So that might actually tie into perceiving more negative stimuli that maybe the right legged horses aren't even perceiving because ignorance is bliss. Like yeah. they don't <laughs> they don't know. So well and you know they would they correlated um this with their grazing position and that just that that was not consistent just like the olfactory was not consistent. So it definitely was movement that, you know, went along with this. So they, it was almost like the uh, motor laterality, you needed to have movement. And so many stereotypical behaviors are locomotor, where it has to do with movement, like stall walking, weaving, you know, so it, it, kind of all correlates and you know I probably need to know more about the the brain and how it functions um to make any assessments but I thought this was really good too this is a brilliant paper thank you for suggesting it Nancy it was such an interesting read and as Nancy said at the beginning it is open source so the link will be on the home page and um you can access it and have a read of it and it's it's just fascinating yeah, and you can also um, Google um, like dressage and hoof balance or dressage and laterality and all the papers come up where when, you know, every horse should have an initial training of balance and uh, fluidity. It, it would save for a lot of problems later on in life. Definitely. Yeah. Um- Brilliant. That's all I had for this week. Did you have anything to add? No, I don't. We did get an email from Barb Campbell, and she wanted us to do some research on uh, turnout if mares and geldings should be turned out together or not. So we'll see what we can find on it and, um, you know, see if we can't have a little episode on what the research shows. Brilliant. So um, for those of you that have this is the standard end of um (laughs) episode push for the research but for those of you that have in the last week filled out the survey thank you thank you thank you it really is um so important to nancy and i but it's important research wise as well because we are carrying out research that it may it may not be as i suppose evident um the purpose of carrying it out based on the podcast, but it does tie in with welfare and how you all receive our information and how you receive the um, research that we discuss and things like that. So it's a really important piece of work that we're working on. And if you haven't had a chance to do the survey, it just takes a couple of minutes and the link is in the bio and it's on our social media. And we would greatly appreciate anyone and it also gives you the chance to have your say, um, which is really important. So if you haven't had a chance, please do um, pop along to fill out the survey. And thank you again to everyone who has done it so far. 
Yep, we appreciate it. And thanks so much, Kate, for joining in today. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.